Hey guys, and welcome back to the Natty Scene. We are three today. We are joined by Ben Lloyd, who is not only a friend of ours, but also the latest, pretty much, WMBF Pro from the UK FBA Finals. The Probably the, the hardest way you can win your, your WMBF Pro card is to take the overall at the British. And he managed to overcome some very tough competition at that show as well. So he's had a, an incredibly successful year. He's already a, a DFAC Pro as well. Um, so that's the sort of the, the pro affiliation with the, B, uh, the BMBF. So he is one of very few that shares both both professional status. Um, and that's probably something we'll get into as well in this podcast about sort of like where, where your goals are to compete in the future and things like that. But uh, yeah, Ben, first of all, like, thanks very much for coming on. Um, no problem. Massively appreciate it. This is Ben's first podcast as well, guys. So if anyone's listening to this and, and thinking about getting Ben on, on your podcast, then you should, because Ben should be talked about a little bit more often. He's probably, well, he is the pretty much one of the best UK natural bodybuilders out there. So he needs to be talked about a little bit more. So, uh, so yeah, overall, let's start with your look, sort of a little bit of introduction to yourself, mate. So talk a bit about, you know, your background, what got you into bodybuilding um, and just sort of bring us, bring us up to date from sort of when you were younger up to sort of now, take us through sort of your journey a little bit. Well, I've been trading since I was about 18. Um, never took it really that seriously. Uh, competed for the first time when I was 32. So I left it quite a long time, but I got a fair bit of muscle maturity, I'd say in that time at least. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, uh, an online coach as well. Uh, I, I live at home with Brogan. I've got a, a little dog and a little hairless cat. Yeah, that cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is it. it, it that is horrible. cat. Oh, <laughs> like, I remember you saying that you were getting that. I was like, oh, <laughs> what the hell are you doing, man? Bad <laughs> option. <laughs> oh, have we got Well, you? it's uh, when I were prepping. Obviously, it puts a bit of strain on your relationship. And uh, just to keep my missus happy, I just decided to get the hairless cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. I think, Ben, we've got you on a stool on the video. Is there any chance you can... Uh, is it stalling your end, George, as well? No, it's... it's, it's, it's fr yeah, it's, sorry, yeah, sorry. It's frozen. It's, yeah. Ben, could you, like, stop and restart your video? I don't know why it's frozen. Oh, there you go. I think it's... Oh, back. There it is. I think you're back. That's good. We've got Ben back. Uh, yeah. What do... oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> connection is not good. Breaking the connection is, is low, Ben. Is anyone else using the internet? <laughs> Everyone has to well, get uh, in there. Go and have a word with you. We could maybe start again. I told no, her, I, I said, I don't be sending any messages to your mates. This is fine. This is fine, mate. Like people understand that the uh, I can crop this bit anyway if I need to. It's uh, very easy to edit. But is um is anyone else on the internet? Like is Brogan playing like PS4 or something? She's always on her phone, WhatsApping. I could go and ask her just to stay <laughs> off it for a while. Fucking <laughs> messaging your friends. Uh, you can't message. You can't look at your phone, touch your phone. <laughs> nothing. Just sit, just sit still and listen to the podcast for now. Uh, Shall I, I go ask her just to say? Uh, it should be okay, mate. It seems to be clearing up now, so it's maybe just like you know, poor weather and things like that outside affecting it. But um, it should be all right. Right. So, 
yeah, we essentially got up to the point of like when you started competing at like age 32. So like before that, what, what, what were you doing? Like, were you into training? I know you have, I know you have a pretty interesting background with, with your dad as well. So maybe just sort of discuss that. Like what were you doing when you were younger and what sort of maybe sparked your passion for competing in sport? Well, I've always liked uh, sports. I was never that good at them. Um, obviously, my dad was a cricketer. Uh, Bumble is known as David Lloyd. Uh, didn't really follow in the, the footsteps of my family. My brother played for England and obviously my dad played for England. But I give it a go. Weren't that good. Used to play a, a bit of football at semi-pro level. It was all right. I looked the part as a bodybuilder, but they found me out quite early that I weren't actually that good. Uh, but I always kept the gym consistent. Um, I just like the gym because it's like you against you. There's not much pressure on you until you actually compete. That's where there's a bit of competition. But for me, I never used to like competition too much, to be honest. Um, the fear of failure, the fear of losing used to, uh, I used to be scared of that. So, yeah, just competing uh, for the first time. I did get nervous. I always do get nervous with, with shows. But after yeah just just a little bit like it's only it seems to be at the end of when you when you stop talking um maybe maybe it is worth just like if she's using anything that demands a lot of internet just having just just asking maybe yeah i'll just go have a All chat right. cool 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 so yeah, we got up to the point essentially where you're talking about your first show competing. So I I know what sort of happened in your first prep. Um, I followed your first prep very closely. Um, I know you worked with with one of my friends at the time. I haven't been in contact with with him in a long, long time, but I know that you worked with with him. So talk us through a little bit about your you know your first prep. You know what how how did you come to the point in your training where you thought I want to compete? Um, and then just sort of walk us through a little bit of how, how that prep went um, and, and what you ended up doing. Well, one of the main reasons why I wanted to compete was to learn a bit more about dieting. I always struggled. Like, I, w I was a personal trainer. I used to tell people stupid things like avoid sugar, no carbs after seven. Just usual, like, bro-style tips. Uh, I followed Ant Cedric, my first coach, and he, he documented his prep on YouTube, and he were eating like bags of crisps before he trained and chocolate and he actually won his show so I just thought well he knows something I want to tap into what he knows so I contacted him he taught me about flexible dieting and as soon as I learned that I just thought Eureka this is great and I read in my macros with all sorts of junk food that year but it were good I got a, a decent physique yeah you uh, did but looking, yeah I got really lean but I'd say I did over diet my starting position wasn't great, um, but yeah, learned a lot that year, but did it differently this year, really, just uh, a lot more clean eating, yeah. even though I, could, you know, I had meringues most of the time for the early part of my prep, post-workout, um, it was very much like a meal plan that I followed this time, but you were a very good coach, and uh, taught, taught me like flexible dieting, which were a breakthrough for me. Yeah, for sure, and I guess, you know, that helped you build your own business as well and help more people and give them better advice than you'd been giving them in the past, which is, I think, you know, a lot of the reason why, why people should, should work with a coach is that it builds that sort of fundamental understanding of, you know, caloric balance, energy expenditure, 
all of these initial things that some sometimes you know as, as athletes even even people who have trained for multiple years still don't really realize you know what, what's going on with with these basic sort of things and um, so with, with your first shows uh, where did you where did you compete how did you do um because you had a pretty fucking successful year for a first-time competitor so talk us through that so my first show was the bmbf northern show um i entered as a novice ended up winning the overall there which were beyond my expectations uh, you know i were hoping for a top three just to finish it uh, just to get to the british finals and to get the overall were just really good i didn't expect it uh, i went with a couple of guys locally one competes every year he's called well most years he's called chris burns so mm. he taught he helped me a lot especially with my pausing routine yeah uh, so i watched them the year before uh, where james pointer won the overall and yeah, his physique that. really stood out and i just thought for ben i'm gonna have to really knuckle down to, to beat people like that but um just watching it, it just made me give me confidence that I could compete. Just watching a natural show because you just assume that everyone's going to be like freaks of nature, but natural bodybuilding's attainable for most, well, for a lot of people. And it did it give me confidence. So I just sat there thinking, I could do this. I could give it a go. So that were another reason why I competed. Sure. And then, then obviously I qualified for the finals um, yeah. as a novice. So I entered the. Uh, the novice category at the British finals up against some good opposition and I managed to win that as well and went to the world finals and I meant to I wanted to become a world novice champion but when I got there they said there's not enough novices yeah Yeah, so I'm a bit gutted I remember ringing home saying if I'd have known that I probably wouldn't have come because I wanted just to call myself a world champion and I think I had more chance of doing it if it were up against the novices Um, but they but they put me up against uh, the heavyweight men. So there were some really good bodybuilders there, like uh, Ali Stewart, Adrian Simpson, um, Theo Golab. Oh wow! I managed man. to win the overall there, so re- really good year. Yeah, that's meant. Yeah, then I mean that that for you must have been for a first-time competitor quite overwhelming to be able to go from being a novice at your first show to then obviously you know not only winning the novice British title, which is you know an illustrious title in itself but also to then get a pro card in your first season like how, how did you you feel when you sort of ended that season did you feel like I've now sort of like you know not apart from obviously competing in other federations which we'll talk about but did you feel like maybe getting a pro card that quick was brought some negatives as well as positives I were over the moon I remember just walking around Miami just on cloud nine uh, looking back at the pictures, I think are very lucky. Um, are very lean, but like compared to my physique this year, it was just much better this year. Mm. Um, my food strategy after uh, the show wasn't good. It's not been great this time either. But in Miami, I just I just went for it. I just had no control post show. I gained I think twenty one kilogram in six weeks. Oh. Whoa. Fucking hell. <laughs> it was really good food. I mean, That's Whole Foods in Miami is just, I were there two or three times a day. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking back, it was like a, a bad time, really. Just like some, some bad feelings about it. But obviously, just really happy that I won the overall. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like George's experience this year, it's, um, it's a very difficult phase post show. And, you know, unless you have. Obviously, I think by that point, 
I think something had gone on and you weren't with Ant or anything like that. So I don't think you had the, the post-show support, did you? Um, no, but I had important. another coach, um, yes, Dawn did. Roberts. Yeah, yeah and she was an American to... coach that you had at that point. Uh, well, Dawn Roberts is local, but she works mm. for Joe Klumzetsky. Mm. And he did my Pete Week plan. So mm. and he's and he is a good one, isn't he? So he knows his stuff. Yeah, he is, yeah. I've got it on my phone that Pete Week and it was a progressive load. I was just just following it. Did my own thing a little bit, but um got some advice from one of the best coaches around really there. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out. And well, I shouldn't say I didn't pay anything either, so she just helped me for free. Ah. Which is really handy. Nice. And uh, awesome. she, she had good affiliation as well, so she got me in contact with a posing coach. Okay. Uh, which was really handy. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, George, do you have anything topics that you want to go down? Like, I feel like I'm. Feel like I want to. Yeah, you're you're done next. Um, let's go into to this year's prep because, of course, the first time I saw you was at the um, was it UK DFBA Northerns. Um, and yeah. I was like literally blown away. I was like, fuck, like this is good. Um, in terms of like your best, because I've, I've seen you at the finals as well this year. What was your, your best package year in your opinion? When did I look best? Sorry, did you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. when did you look best? I'd say, yeah. I'd say the British finals. Um, I held condition for a long time. Not much change really throughout. But definitely the British finals, whether the, the pitches on stage were better because they were really good light pitches, really good stage lighting at the finals. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say around then, and then I started to just decline a little bit. I had like a tired looking physique after the British finals just by holding condition for too long, I think. Mm. I think that, that was very uh, similar to me because I, I saw you at the, at the Northern and, and you, was, you was absolutely shredded then. Um, how it, it, I, I'm, I love condition. I, when I see someone with straight glutes like yourself, like just crazy. I, I, how, what, what, how can I work this? How did you get there? Like, what, what does it take to get to that type of condition that you brought? Because I've, I've not seen anyone with condition that you've brought, honestly. I was, I'm, not, I, I'm, look, I'm like a little fanboy here. I was literally blown away by it. What, what, what's the secret behind it? Well, you did it yourself. I mean, it's just consistency, isn't it? It's just, yeah. I mean, I were a fanboy of yourself, so I were watching all your, your, your shows on YouTube and using that as a bit of guidance because I didn't have a coach and I were very much following you and AJ, just seeing the kind of thing that you two did. And I copied yeah. a lot of it, to be honest. I very much like copied AJ. We, I've got the same bed that he got. I've got the same whisk. I've got the oil diffuser. I've, Everything he recommended on his story, I was like, I'm going to get that. <laughs> I just said I was muted, but I said, George, I said, we're going to take credit for this. So gonna, I'm going to put WMBF Pro Maker in my bio now. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. Um, cool. But yeah, yeah it's I, consistent. I, Go on. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I wanted to kind of know in terms of, because I've obviously followed you quite a lot in terms of your, your nutritional setup and stuff like that. So, when you was when you was dieting for your first show, was it was it the Northerns the first show that you'd done this year? Yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. What was kind of did you dig really hard? Did you bring calories really low? Or was it a case of you you started how long was your prep? It was were it, a long prep. So officially it was forty two weeks, but I were dieting without tracking and everything a, a good few weeks before that because I got really big in the off season. Yeah. Uh so I'd say it were over a year. Um 
but it was very slow progress. You know, we're just chipping away at calories very gradually. Never really dipped below 3,000 calories. Didn't do any cardio. Well, I did about 800 calories worth of cardio early on and then the rest of it were just steps so I just I did that steps instead yeah for sure and your nutritional setup do you prioritize carbohydrates on a train day fats on a non-trained day or was it a case of just calories in versus calories out at, at some point? Uh, well again like on non-training days I did um, I dropped my carbs a little bit and increased my fat very much like you and AJ used to do. So I just thought, well, I'll give that a try myself. From what I've heard, there's not much evidence supporting it, but yeah. it's a good way of getting them fats in, really, because otherwise it is hard to get your salmon and your, your oily meats in and things like that. And uh, it definitely helps. I mean, I, I look better this year than before, so I did something right, and I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why. I just higher, higher calories. Like I didn't go below 3,000. Uh, in 2016, I got down to about 2,300 calories at one point. Um, so I really dug deep, but looking back, I did lose a lot of muscle as well. Mm. And so, in terms of training, over the past couple of years, has it stayed the same? Is it very consistent? Or have you been chopping and changing your splits or you changing whilst you're in your off-season to prep in terms of exercise selection? Or has it just remained the same? Well, I changed the exercises, but the actual split that I do hasn't changed much. And I got this off Ant Cedric, my first ever coach. Um, it was chest and arms, back and shoulders, legs. This year, I swapped it to doing legs first. So my, my rest day was just before a leg session. So I had lots of energy. But I've stuck yeah. to that split throughout. I've tried push-pull legs. Um, didn't really like it too much. Um, I like the back and shoulder workout because you, you're doing a push movement with a pull movement giving you a great chance to recover and you, you get a good pump during the workout as well. So I'd say that's my favourite split and it's still the same now. I'm still just doing legs, chest and arms, back and shoulders, rest day, and then I go again. And I didn't have any deloads or anything except for peak weeks. Then maybe I should have done more deloads looking back. Yeah. Exactly. Same as me, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take what I dieted for. Was it 30 something weeks and I didn't take one deal load at all uh, which was stupid looking back at it but it's, it's very hard to do so when you're dieting um, like you just when you take rest or when you go into the load sessions I just feel especially when you're on a contest prep you should be pushing yourself every single day and, and taking rest is you should be doing that almost the opposite of what um, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah I didn't, that. Didn't, didn't like it I mean obviously the peak weeks it's when you have to do a deal load but yeah. I hated them peak weeks I just felt lazy just like getting to that point where you can normally just get one or two more and then just saying, oh, that'll do. just felt really lethargic in the gym. It's just yeah. no fun, really, to train like that, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. But you have to do um, it. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I, I watch quite a lot of your stuff on Instagram and I noticed that movements were dropping off and things weren't going the, the way you want to. In those situations, how, how, how did you deal with that? Did, with my prep, I was very much when I was dropping a fair bit of loading on some movements, it really did get to me. But in your situation, are you okay with that? Is that something you deal with quite well? Because you know that when you regain a bit of body fat, um, things will be flying. How, how was your mindset throughout that phase? I think because I did it in 2016, I knew what was going to happen. And a lot, a lot, I lost a lot of my strength early on in the prep, to be honest, uh, especially on deadlift that went, went down and bench press. But by logging my scores, I did like, 
hold on to your numbers for quite a long time. I think that's essential. That's another reason why I improved a lot this year. I was very meticulous with my me, me logbook, writing down every single score. I was consistent with my rest periods. Um, but yeah, just I, I weren't too disheartened when I lost a bit of strength. And like I yeah. said, I held on to it for a good while with a logbook. So that definitely helped. Mm, that, that was one of my biggest issues this year is obviously it was my first year of competing and I, I've got lean before but haven't got to the point of where I got to um, and accepting that some movements might go here was, was quite difficult for me uh, but I know now that to happen and if I have to change exercises up to allow me to, to get, this, get what I need done then I can do so. Um, so yeah, I, I, think, I think that's important to understand. Um, with, with like this year compared to your previous years, what what have you changed much or is it a case of you've just learned each and every time you've prepped all that knowledge that um, you gained you've turned into one post yeah i'd say I, I implemented more knowledge so i was listening to podcasts all the time uh watching like your videos everything just absorbing info all the time and applying it when needed and i think yeah. actually pushing my weight up in the off season really helped i did overshoot it i got to about 18 stone I think I measured my body fat just on a, a bioelectrical impedance and it was about 26%. And they say that's like too heavy. But for me, I was stronger than ever in the gym. Uh, it, it made for a long diet. So maybe next time I, I won't push weight up as much. But, you know, I did, like I said, I did something right um, this year. And maybe pushing my weight up did help. And maybe next year I could look even better if I don't go too, too, too far and then have to diet for as long and potentially lose yeah. muscle. So in, in, in the off-seasons, what's your call track from stage weight to peak of your off-season? Well, I got up to, I'm measuring kilograms, I got up to 111 kilogram last time. So I just, it were a dirty bulk. I didn't eat any food at, at the end. I was just making shakes that contained about 1,700 calories and I was just necking them. Mate, how, like was your digestion? how was your digestion? It wasn't good. No. It wasn't good. So it, I would go in. Did you have a lot of like, liquid diarrhea kind of symptoms? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I went to the supermarket a lot to get like the 24 pack of toilet rolls. <laughs> and then during prep, I, I said to my brother, I said, we got me glasses all year, these now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, um, I, I want to know a little bit more, of course, about your off season. Um, as I'm going into mine now, and you're going into yours. In in terms of like training wise, I mean, with with training, it's it's a case of do you keep it very consistent, or are you willing to change stuff around, or are you having a focus on progressing your lifts? What what's the kind of mindset in your off season that you have? Well, I don't really change much, like with the exercises. I just do the same workout a lot. Uh, and I just try and beat every set, every exercise, just one rep at a time. And sometimes I just change it mid-set. I'll, like, I'll look at my logbook. I'll see that I've got, say, eight reps on the chest press. I could try and get nine. But sometimes yeah. I'll just move up the weights and try and get five or six. So I just, just, just make it up as I go sometimes. But just I enjoy training that way. And like yeah. I say, I'm always looking to beat scores for every single set. And at the minute I am doing it, it's really good. Just every, every workout strength's really going up. And I think it'll hopefully continue to as I push weight up. Yeah. Well, I think that's one thing. Sorry, go on, AJ. What, what, about, what about volume, Ben? Because I know that I've looked at your, your logbooks 
and I've even, <laughs> I've even replied to some of them, like asking you, like, why, why so much volume? And is this just something that, you know, is this just something that you've done in the past in terms of like training splits that you've been given? Is it something you enjoy? Or is it just out of the fact that, you know, in your head, maybe you think sort of more, more is better in the gym? Like, what's your opinion? Because obviously, you know, the vol a higher volume is working for you. Um, but yeah, what's your stance on, on volume? Well, I made them workouts myself and right now my volume's decreased a lot. I just, okay. at the time, I just felt like I could stay in the gym for a long time and and whatever I wrote down, I did it. But now I just, I, I do, I stop after like two sets, I think that'll do. Mm. Uh, whereas before it were like four sets of most exercises and, you know, especially with leg sessions. The squats as well, like, yeah. like, I, used to sit, I used to do those five sets of squats and I was thinking, fuck, like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yes but you know i just i just thought yeah that's what you had to do to i mean my legs were quite good this year so i think it, it did work but yeah. maybe less volume is better it's just strange how i don't have as much energy to do it now whereas i did when i were dieting it's just like i get a bit lazy now for some reason it's like that'll do and when i were on prep i would just like a bit of a machine i'd just keep going and get all the sets done yeah yeah, I think we all keep like out that, the though. kitchen as well, really. I mean, you, yeah. you just know that you're hungry, just stay away and just delay that meal and then, yeah, just deal with the hunger. I, I find myself, or I found myself in 2017, I'm not going to allow it to happen next year, but I found myself adding, adding work to, to, my, to my total sort of volume amount. And George did the fucking same without even telling me. Uh, and then he did end up telling me some weeks. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, adding an extra set or you know doing an extra exercise like sometimes i think we we feel like this is going to because we know uh, that obviously if we're staying in the gym and we're doing extra total work we are burning more calories and i think a lot of the time we, we tend to think that burning more calories is a good thing when our our goal in our in our head is this sort of elite level of conditioning um and you know i think sometimes like for the people that turn up soft like they probably need to encompass more of this mindset because you know it, it actually works like all three of us have got into true contest condition and all three of us have added more work than we we're supposed to do you know so it's not like a recipe for success because it shouldn't be but it's something that i think a lot of competitors should have take away is that a lot of us are willing to go like that extra mile and do extra bits just because we're we're so obsessed with getting in shape um in terms of like george asked the question obviously like how how you got in shape and obviously your answer was consistency i'm more interested in in like you know what what do you find obviously you can be consistent and you know you can be you know what, what you need to be in the gym with regards to holding on to lifts but what do you find is the most difficult part of of contest prep for yourself what's the hardest bit? <laughs> Uh, just dealing with the hunger and the lack of energy, um, especially like midway through the prep, I'd say that's when it were hardest for some reason. It should have been towards the end, but when I were kind of digging middle of prep in middle of summer, it were really hard. Just like using my fitness pal, obviously, as your your food app, and just looking at your macros. And at first, at first um, seven weeks, I didn't struggle at all with hunger, and then you just finish your meal and just think well i'm still hungry now and then slowly but surely that just keeps creeping up it gets gradually worse 
I, I did have a few like diet breaks, um, just like extended refeed days, but the refeeds were nowhere near as high as I did in 2016. I just used that as a bit of a free for all in 2016. I were going over a thousand grams of carbs, um, just binging really on all sorts of sweets. And I think I've, I've looked at my fitness pal once, I had like 600 grams of carbs in sugar form on one of my refeeds. So, um, but yeah, it's just the, the hunger is the worst, really. I mean, it's, it never goes away. No one meal will fix it. It's just something you've got to deal with, which isn't nice. Um, and, and as well with the, um, with the hunger side of things, I know that you've also posted online quite openly about the fact that you, you do struggle with, you know, not massively, but you have struggled in the past with you know, binge eating and overeating and having a, having a binge. Um, and I know when we were backstage at Worlds, we we had a little discussion as well with regards to, um, did I just break up at all or am I okay? You did a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you did. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So um, I know when we were backstage at the Worlds as well, you had a little bit of an issue with the vending machine. Um, <laughs> Uh, I didn't think you remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that, mate. I remember all the worlds. Um, it was um, <laughs> so like you know, with with, with the sort of the, the overeating. How, how many events of that did you did you have during the prep, and and, and what did you do? Because I'm imagining this is happening probably quite frequently with competitors. So like, how did you deal with it after the the binge, and and what was your sort of next steps? Well, it happened, I think, three times this prep where I just lost control. Um, I finished my macros, went to bed. My mouth was drooling in bed. I was like, oh, I should have really saved a bigger meal before bed and just slept through it. But I just thought, that's it. I'm going in the kitchen. I just have one rice cake with a bit of honey on it. And that just opened the floodgates and you'd end up just eating everything in cupboard, like all the meringues and all the carbs. I didn't go for fats, though, so I didn't, like, completely lose control it was like a turned it into a bit of a refeed mm. but yeah three times lost control and then the day after just just got back on track as well as I could felt really horrible though I remember thinking to myself why'd I do that just for the feeling that I've got now I feel like I let myself down it's like it wasn't worth the feeling but yeah just got back on track straight away and at the world finals as you know um did the morning show and I could tell I didn't do well. Um, they never put me in the middle. And I was like, looking at people to give me feedback on how I did. And they weren't really looking at me in the eye. They weren't. I, just, I could tell I didn't do well. So I had some food in my bag. I started eating that. Then I ran out of the food in my bag and found a vending machine. There were a few vending machines at Worlds. Um, put $20 in it. Give me a load of change back. Uh, so I just thought I might as well get rid of this change. So I spent about $20 on. Uh, cereal bars and pop tarts. I were camped out at the vending machine for about ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> on a few occasions. So, so, so during during your prep, when you used to have those moments of of binging, how would you compensate with that? Like the next couple of days, would you increase your output? Would you reduce your food, or would you just go straight back to what you originally was on in of output and nutrition? Yeah, I just went straight back at it. Um, I did my morning pauses like I normally did. And I was putting the, the pictures alongside each other, thinking, oh, look, I look fat. When really, um, I was never that fat. I was always really lean. I just err on the side of caution and go for conditioning a lot. 
and looking at my pictures, yeah, I might have spilled a little bit, but it was just it were a good look still. So maybe I should have pushed up and had more refeeds, but not uncontrolled binges. So mm, it's yeah. something I've got to really deal with, just avoiding the cues and just just a bit more self control. I think, like I said, I've only done two competitive seasons, uh, still yeah. quite new to it, and that's a, a challenge for the next one, just to just not binge. Mm. In, in terms of your uh, rebound this year, has it been better than it has with your previous year? Because I know I've seen on your Instagram stories and stuff like that, you've been having the dominoes, you've been having a fair few treats. Um, have you gone overboard this year or has it been moderate or have you controlled it really well? Well, it's been better than 2016 and we keep meaning to go to pizza up because you keep saying that pizza is oh, better than dominoes. So. So I just thought, well, we've got to try pizza at some stage. But it's buy one, get one free at Domino's. So we've been getting that. <laughs> I've said, said to Brogan that we can't keep doing this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've, I've gained. So I'm, I were 98 kilograms this morning. My weight during prep were about 84 kilograms. So I'm about 14 kilograms. I've done right maths. Yeah, 14 kilograms up. Uh, whereas before I gained like 21 kilograms. So yeah. it's better than before. And I have been careful. I mean, if I were to just go for it, uh, I'd consume like 30,000 calories a day easy. I'm, I'm, if I were to track my diet at the minute, which I'm not doing, it'll be at least 6,000 calories. And I'm being careful, I really am. I'm still yeah. eating like a lot of the same meals that I had before, like oats. Three or four times a day I'm having oats and baby rice. But just having the odd high-fat snack here and there as well. Yeah. Do you ever get but, like like me post like I, I went for a phase of enjoying food with the missus stuff like that. Then I kind of got bored of. Is that something that you do like like with what you are doing right now? You kind of make the most of it with appetite being high and you know eat all the foods and then you get to a point of where you think actually I'm getting quite bored now. I'm gonna start tracking and being a bit more regimented. Or does that never phase you before? Well, I'm waiting for that to come, actually. I mean, my appetite's still through the roof. Um, I remember, again, first year that I competed, I actually booked in at doctors because I gained all that weight and I was just so hungry. So I was really fat and still hungry still and my hormones had just completely gone. So I went for blood checks and they said, yeah, your testosterone's really low. Um, this time, like I say, I've seen a few people on social media say, oh, the off-season appetite's kicking in. It's definitely not done that with me yet. Um, but yeah, I'm, in, I'm enjoying enjoying food. So I do like food. And I remember before, like when I was bulking, before I started the prep, just yeah. I'd look at chocolate and leave it. I just wouldn't have it. So I'm hopefully trying to get to that point again where I could just take food or leave it. But at the minute, it's just very food focused and just hungry all the time. Yeah, that, that was very similar to, to me. Uh, it's like calming down a little bit about nine ten weeks post show but i used to in the mornings it used to be i used to turn over to my missus what we did it tonight what are we doing this what are we doing that and it's just not a healthy way of doing things like i just always thinking about food until the point of a little bit more bored and just wanted to just get on with what i needed to do almost um, i think that comes with time for sure Definitely. It's hard though. I mean, once you've dieted for so long, like we have, just to, to continue dieting post show is a bit, I don't know, it's a bit grim. You think that you've hit your deadline and then I don't have to diet anymore. And the prospect of being hungry still post show, it's not good. Mm. So, you know, it's good. I think it's good to have a few treats, but it is 
the post show period, I'd, I'd say, is one of the hardest bits. Yeah, for sure. And oh, is it is it okay if we talk about? Because I know that you're a family man. I know mm. that you love spending time with the family. How was that like throughout your prep? Something I definitely struggled with is is having a balance between you know spending time with the misses, kind of switching off. I I can never switch off. I was always thinking about what I need to do next, whether it's steps, cardio, food. How are you good at managing that in the off season? Um, in in prep, sorry, or does it sacrifice a little bit and there's more arguments, more falling out, that type of stuff? What was how how do you manage all of that side of things? So, yeah, um, you make a few sacrifices, as you know, doing prep and you have to be very selfish. I'd say I took it to the extreme and I was super selfish. Um, luckily, I've got a really good partner that we're understanding, but she went through the prep just as much as me and she couldn't wait for it to be over. Towards the end, I were a bit like, you know, I can't, I'm looking forward to just living a normal life again because it was such a, a long diet. And, yeah. you know, luckily, like she did... She looks after our daughter the most. So, yeah, we're very selfish. And again, just if I to do another prep, I need to like address that. And it's if she'll let me do another prep. Because if I, I said to her, if I, if I do that again, if I come across like that again, then you can say stop it. You know, because I, yeah. I was snappy with everyone. Literally, just a different personality. When, when you lean, I'd go into the gym, not look at anyone. And if someone asked me, like, how many sets have you got on there? I'd be really off with him, you know, mm. and and today I just going into Asda, I said to to Mrs. there were Santa Claus, Father Christmas, oh Merry Christmas. And I went, Oh, Merry Christmas. And if that was six weeks ago, obviously it wasn't Christmas six weeks ago. But if it was like six weeks ago, I'd just probably swore at him, just get lost. Yeah, bar humbug. Bar humbug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Personality wise, I just completely change. It's like mm. I'm super happy when I've got a bit of body fat, but really a, a bit aggressive when I lose for, for me which is unheard of um yeah I get a bit aggressive when my body fat's low mm. I, I was in a situation where I wanted to be left alone like, I got to the point of eating food I wanted to be alone cooking my food if anyone interrupted me just leave me alone like I'm trying to make sure that this food is perfect and you don't really realize that until you kind of take a step backwards and kind of realize what like you're you're like I would literally not sit with my parents at all. I'd just watch YouTube videos and eat my food. And I was just, yeah, it, it makes you realise when you're a lot more healthier and when you've gained a little bit of body weight, how much prep or being lean does change you. Um, oh, yeah. I definitely well, I remember one instance having my baby rice and I go into the kitchen. I used to go into the kitchen and just like shut the doors, just no distractions. Uh, but before that, I was just eating my baby rice with my partner and she started yeah. talking to me. And I went, once snapped, I just said, when I'm eating, can you just let me enjoy my food? And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, it's definitely true. Like you say, you just yeah, act very territorial with your food. It's like a dog guarding its dish. If anyone comes near it, you're a bit like, get away. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. It makes me feel better knowing that I'm not the only one that went through that type of stuff. But sometimes you feel like you're the only one. Um, but it's always good to hear that you're not, almost. Uh, AJ, have you got any, any other questions? Yeah, I think we've discussed a lot of what I wanted to discuss with regards to sort of where, where you're currently at and or almost like your, your background and, and the sort of leading is up to sort of now. But I'm interested as well into sort of what you're looking to do in the future. Obviously, 
we don't know whether you're going to be allowed to prep again or not, considering uh, how you handled this one. But I'm interested to know, obviously, you've got the, you know, the DFAT Pro card, you've got the WMBF Pro card. Where do you see yourself primarily competing in the future? Do you see yourself still doing both? Um, obviously, there are some you know, potential political sides with either because you know, I know that you know, BNBF had a relationship with the WNBF and that sort of broke ways. But you know, with this podcast, it's almost like we want to just support natural bodybuilding in general. Um, and it's really sort of refreshing for you, for, for us to sort of see that you compete with both. But ultimately, you're an athlete and you want to compete with the best of the best, with the best opportunities. So what, what do you see yourself doing next, next time round? Um, do you see yourself doing both again? You know, what's the plan? Well, yeah, I'd say I'd like to do both. Um, I've not fallen out with any federation. I, didn't, I wasn't really aware of the politics between them that much. I just thought it was fine to That's compete nice. with both. There is, yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I'd like to compete with both. I've got no real affiliation with, with either. I think they're, they're both the best federations yeah. run by really nice people. Um, I'd like to do the DFAT Pro again and obviously WMBF Worlds. Um, I think that you've got to compete every two years as a pro with WMBF, which puts a bit so. of pressure on me because if I do push my weight up, it'll be a long day again. And possibly with the, with the DFAT, there's no pressure to compete every two years you can you can have a good few years off if you wanted but yeah i'll definitely um stick with them both i even thought just recently a few people have been turning to the dark side i just thought oh maybe i should try like steroids and things like that but i don't know i just want to say we do for another season then maybe consider it but that's just a bit of a mind i'm 35 35 yeah i mean if you did go down that route, what would you, what would your goal what would your goal be? You know, obviously you've achieved natural pro status, and I think you know if, if I was you in your position, like so, for example, I imagine if when I manage to achieve that status, I'd like to win a pro world title. Is that something you'd like to do before you even considered the going down the dark side route, or is there something about going down the assisted route that really motivates you? Um. Well, obviously, the ultimates like Phil Heath and everyone like that. So it was only just a passing thought in my head. I just thought it's an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know enough about it. It'll be expensive. Uh, obviously, there's health issues to think about. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'd just like to compete again and then assess. Um, I think my testosterone's high anyway. Um, I had to do like urine tests, and they said you, you've got a testosterone ratio one to four which is relatively high so naturally with testosterone's high um yeah no but it's doubt. something i might just want to consider later sure 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 um i think also with regards to uh, you know competing i um i think there's a lot of pressure in the sort of the professional ranks to sort of you know, come up as a, as a good UK amateur and, and to do well. So like, how, how did you feel when at Worlds you didn't end up placing? What's your sort of like real emotion about that? Cause you came off a pretty a significant high of coming second at DFAC, you know, Britain winning your pro card. Like you were so used to winning. So how was it going from winning everything pretty much to not placing at all? Like what was that emotion like? 
Well, it were humbling. Um, looking at the pictures, I didn't look at my best and the standard at the Worlds was the best I've, I've ever seen. So the other guys were be- a lot better than me. Uh, but it does it, it does fuel you a lot. You, you learn more from your losses than uh, your wins and it does give you more motivation. So I went away just thinking, well, oh, I can improve. But I, I've always motivated anyway, but I'd definitely like to give it another shot. Um, I competed against the likes of David Kay at the uh, Pro Grand Prix. People said I pushed him close, but I've seen the pictures, just literally every single pose he had me. But, um, you know, it's good to push him close because he's like one of the best ever. Yeah. But it'd be great to just come back again and maybe look better than I did this year and push people like that a bit closer. And obviously, if I do compete at Worlds, just finishing top five will be unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, obviously, with that in your head, I think what what needs to be recognised is when you're at your best. And obviously, you said to George that, potentially the UK FBA finals was your best. So it'd be a case of, I think at the Northern, you looked fucking immense as well, to be honest. Like thought that the fullness was like perfect and the muscularity was all there. And by the time you had got to Worlds, like you'd you'd held fully striated glutes for, must've been three months, two, three months. Must've been like September all the way to November. Yeah. So you would have held them for like three months which is crazy. So I think, you know, it shows that when you've got goals that, you know, are as high as yours and you're competing at that sort of level, it, it takes a very strategical approach to your prep to look your best when it, when it matters. Cause ultimately like, you know, you did look your best when it mattered, but at the same time, it would have been nice to have been able to help hold that little bit more for, for the world's, um, but um, but yeah, in terms of um, your like your off season at the moment, uh, where are sort of calories at, and and do you feel like you're in a a pretty solid position at the moment? Is there anything that at the moment you're trying to sort of work on apart from the food focus? Um, well, I'm not actually tracking my diets. Like I say, it's probably over six thousand calories. In terms of my weak parts. Um, I'd like, like bigger lats because I don't do normal deadlifts. Uh, well done with you, 220 deadlifts a day. Um, I do sumo deadlifts, uh, which more like they, they prioritize the glutes more than the back. So I'm going to try and do more conventional deadlifts, build a bigger back, uh, get better hamstrings. So my hamstrings were a weak point. They even said it at the DFAT Pro Show that I had shredded glutes but not shredded hamstrings, which is a rare, rare combo. So, so you- I need to do more. More tissue there. Yeah, more things like stiff leg deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, which I've just never done, really. So I'm, I've, I've incorporated them. Uh, it were always just hamstring curls, like sat down and led down. I never did any like stiff leg. But to be honest, my normal deadlift is a bit like a stiff leg deadlift because my technique's not great. So not really hard. it did work my hamstring. Yeah. yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that your hips have to start high. Sometimes like like Keithy's deadlift is like almost like a fucking stiff leg. Like his, that's not bad form. It's just where his hips have to start. Cause if he started them any lower, his hips would just shoot up to that position. Um, but yeah, I think with regards to the hamstrings, the RDLs and the stiff legs would be what you need because right now you've got like, you've actually in the side poses, you've got, in my opinion, like a good amount of hamstring tissue, but it's just the, the density of that muscle because that's why you're not getting the, 
the actual sort of detail and the the you know the the actual sort of cuts to the hamstrings because there's not enough muscle density there that usually is the case with with an undeveloped underdeveloped muscle is that you won't get the the nasty sort of striated look if it's just not dense enough um, like david k has got so so again like i got the pictures and you just you look at yourself alongside the the likes of david k yeah. And you just think, well, he's got that. I, I want that. And his hamstrings are unbelievable. So yeah. if I get hamstrings like that, I'd be very happy. It's also about, I think, it's about knowing how to connect with them in the pose because I find it quite difficult myself to, like, turn on my hamstrings when I'm in a rear pose. Um, it's almost like trying to think about, it's like dragging the floor a little bit and curling up your toes and, like, trying to imagine, like, doing, like, a leg curl. But it's very difficult when you're trying to flex everything else all at the same time. Um, so it is. Well, I got told that natural bodybuilding is all about shredded glutes. And first time I practiced, like the back double bicep, my leg were like fully straight. And that's why Dawn Roberts, she was in the crowd at um, the British finals for the uh, BMBF. She messaged me saying, oh, you need to work on your pausing. You keep straightening your leg on that back double bicep. You need to bend it. So you get your hamstrings in. But I just thought, well, that's the best way of tensing glutes. So possibly I just got into bad habits. I've, I've learned how to connect with glutes before my hamstrings. So I just maybe keep tensing my hamstrings and just working on them. And hopefully they'll look better next time. Yeah, yeah that, that was that was with me. Like on the BNBF, I was so used to tucking my glutes, practicing posing like that, that when you do um compete in the BBF they don't like the, the tuck glutes look and it's it's really hard to to pose in a different way when you're so regiment and routine with how you've been posing for the last god knows how long. I, I definitely struggled with that as well. Well I, I changed that pose. I used to do the same as you so I used to tuck in and then I saw the whole debate about the scared dog. I thought well I best practice it the other way and it actually makes my hamstrings look better when I do like when they arch me back and I don't tense my glutes but yeah you don't see the, the glutes so yeah, I think that, that, the way around it is just to squeeze the glutes before you go into it just to show that you've got the, the striations there then arch your back and and not do the scared dog yeah. yeah I think with glutes your size as well you don't really need to tuck them that hard because I remember seeing like your back relaxed and I know that you tilted your pelvis back like a little bit in the back relaxed it makes your glutes look even bigger because you obviously bring them closer to the judges and give them better shape makes your back look wider and you've still got crazy glute detail because you're like it's not like you're tucking them like at the top of a hip thrust but you're almost touching like tension on them um and i do actually think like the scared like the whole scared dog thing is a bit of an issue like i think a lot of people's backs would look better if they tilted their pelvis back a little bit not loads, but just a little bit enough to sort of create more shape because it does it does definitely give uh, more emphasis to the lats and the the back the back poses definitely look a little bit better with it because I, I did it um, I I got I think it was yeah twenty twenty fourteen I think when I did my first show or maybe even twenty fifteen when I won my first show as a teen um, I remember Vicky commented on one of my Instagram posts like afterwards saying like fix the scared dog um and i like asked asked her what what it was about and then she told me and i fixed it and and like then ever since i can ever since then when i compete with the bnbf i've always done my hips tilted back but in 2017 i didn't have enough glute muscle to really get any detail on my glutes by tilting them back so 
So hopefully I've got a bit more of an arse now and it'll look a bit better. <laughs> it's just a case of practising, isn't it, really? Just, so I used to record myself every morning and just practise the pauses, see how they look yeah. and just do what looks best on you. I think uh, Ben Howard, he used to squeeze his glutes on most pauses. right in, yeah. Tucks them in and obviously he's one of the best around as well. So it's just what works for you, I think. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, final question for me, just uh, have you got any, que- uh, any questions? Have you got any goals that you want to ch- achieve outside of bodybuilding in, in 2020 or anything inside of bodybuilding as well? I love to prep someone. I've never prepped anyone to compete themselves. Uh, I work mostly with general population. So I think this, this year, spend a lot of time with my family and just focus on getting results with clients. So I were yeah. fortunate enough towards the end of my prep just to stop doing the PT sessions. So I said to my clients who I owed sessions to, uh, can, you, can we postpone these until after my show? And I just like carried on with online coaching. So that were a bonus. But now that I've got loads of energy, I could do loads of PT sessions and hopefully get loads of results. And like I say, ultimately, I'd love to prep someone and, uh, you know, do well as a prep coach. Yeah, sure. And anything, like to, anything else? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Would you like to judge at any point? Because I know that a lot of professionals end up on the judging panel. Is that something you'd potentially like to do as well? Yeah, definitely something which I've thought about, but I've not messaged Vicky or Lee about it. I'll be watching most of the shows uh, next year for, for both federations. And I might even just ask if they need any help, but uh, judging will be great. Just so you, you know what they're looking for. So it'll help your development as an actual bodybuilder because, you know, to be honest, I'm not fully 100% of the criteria that they're looking for. Uh, I remember like doing a side chest pose and that first posing instructor said, like I said, can I tense my abs when I do this? Because it looks really good. And he said, no, it's a side chest pose. They're looking at your chest. They're not looking at your abs. So it is good just to learn the criteria. And um, just and yeah, being a, a, a judge would be great. It would. Is there anything outside of bodybuilding, like next year, maybe, you know, a holiday? Because obviously on prep, trying to get a holiday in is it's a nightmare. Anything in your personal life you um, like to do at all? Yeah. So we are going to book a holiday. We're just going to wait until yeah. January. Uh, obviously, we've got a, a one-year-old, so we don't want to travel yeah. too far on plane. So we're thinking somewhere simple like Tenerife. It'll be our first family holiday, so that'll be really good. Um, it's definitely hard to, to live that normal life and go on holidays when, when you're prepping. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we've got a holiday lined up. Just more social occasions, restaurants. Um, like tonight watching Jumanji and then I want to go to, oh, yeah. for a curry after it which I couldn't do before it's just if uh, Brogan wants to get a curry because she's not the biggest fan but just having that freedom's uh, a bit of a luxury really yeah Jumanji's a fucking great film by the way you're in for an absolute <laughs> so good <laughs> well again it's following your stories AJ says Jumanji's 10 out of 10 We've got to go and watch. <laughs> oh, I really should have a discount code for more of these things. I've got, <laughs> yeah. on, that, on that note, me and Danny have just invested in the Cine, in the Cine World cards because we go, we go so often as that's like our primary date night because it doesn't involve like, you know, necessarily going sky over macros or it's something we can keep up during prep. And, you know, we like going to the, going to the movies, switching off. It's the only situation as well where, we both put away our phones completely. 
so um i think we paid like 18 quid and we just like we'll go like once twice a week whatever um saves you a bit of cash so uh so yeah it's great to get us in a world card <laughs> um so yeah I, I think that's about it i think that's pretty much all we need to to talk about today unless you've got anything yeah. else to add ben or i think that's pretty much everything right no that's fine thanks for having me on uh like i say if someone told me i'd be on a podcast with you and george like the people i were looking up to it just it was brilliant so it's been a good year and this is a good finisher for it oh mate like honestly yeah, but- like it's the same. It's the same for us. Like we're we're massive fans of you, and we look we look up to yeah. you massively. I think it's 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 crazy for us to to think that that you look up to us a little bit because we're in the hierarchy of natural bodybuilding, quite a little bit away behind you, mate. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very nice, very nice to hear that. So we'll keep doing what we do. Yeah, and always remember that you was on our podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Cool. So, and also Ben, like if, um, if someone does listen to this and wants to contact you for like online coaching or things like I want Ben as my coach for my prep because you'd love to prep someone. Um, and you know, you're more than in a position to be able to do that. So I can definitely give my, uh, recommendation to, to someone that's listening that wants a, a good prep coach. So how do they, how do they contact you is the best way, Instagram or email or however. I use Instagram the most. I've got a website. Um, I've got a YouTube account, which I don't really use much. But next time I do a prep, I will, will be documenting the journey a lot more on YouTube. I've got Twitter and it's Ben Lloyd Fitness on all those. And I've got a, a Facebook page as well. So I've just kept the name the same on all platforms. Ben Lloyd Fitness, I'd say Instagram's the best one. That's the one I use the most. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks very much, guys. And and everyone who listens, thanks very much. If I don't edit the first bit out, <laughs> then I apologize. Um, I, hopefully I, I do. I might not though. All right, guys. <laughs> see, see you in the next one. Bye-bye.